Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where, did you, where did you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts and, of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to a very weird episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here alone in the pod cabin, but I am connected to producer Tony and our guest who I will officially introduce in a moment. Tony, hello. Hi, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is strange, but uh, like weirdly exciting kind of i've never quite done one like this before and it's, it's strange yeah i was saying to you guys before we officially started i've been doing this show since as a podcast since 2012 as like a a streaming thing before that i started in 2010 so that's many many years i have never done an episode remotely well i guess when it was streaming it was kind of remote but I uh, I really prefer having people in person. So yeah. um, I am I am forced. However, look, I'm not saying that I have to make the greatest sacrifice that we're <laughs> seeing these days. I'm not saying I have it worse than everyone. I'm just saying I have it worse than many because it's... I like to do in person, and I'm an, I don't even like to see people. But when I do the show, I do, and yeah. and yet I'm having to talk to you guys on the computer, and it's weird. It's definitely weird. It's not it's not ideal, but you know, we're no. trying to make the best of it. We're doing what we can. It already feels semi normal though. So right. <laughs> Tony, how are you doing? You have big news. Yeah, uh I'm I'm all right. It's been it's been you know, like everyone, it's been tricky and, and uh, dif- a little difficult here and there. But uh and you know, I'm kind of newly living alone, but uh not anymore. I I got myself a new dog. Yay! Because I was tired of sitting here alone, not knowing how long this is going to last. So I uh, rescued a dog the other day. I had to make an appointment, but they got me in. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to or not. They got me in, and luckily I uh, I, I fell in love quick. I know, because you texted me and you said you're going to... Adopt, look at dog adoptions today, and then mm-hmm. it felt like 23 minutes later, you're like, I'm coming home with a buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, you t- I think you texted me mid uh, my mid uh, visit there, and I visited with a few that I had to arrange ahead of time, and uh, yeah, so I, I saw three total, and the, the third one I saw, like, immediately I was like, oh, yeah, this one... This is uh, this is my speed. She was here. just right. Yeah, she was. I thought, Wait, and it was, was that thing of I thought I was going to like the other ones more, and then she's the one that won me over. What was wrong with the other ones? Uh, nothing. I still liked them, but they were just a little more uh, spazzy and uh, a little a little too. One of them was a little not. He was playful about it, but he was a little a little bitier than I wanted him to be. Oh, you know, okay. he wasn't doing it hard, but uh, he was the just doing thirsty- it a lot. 
and thirsty and mouthy yeah yeah but this one was just like so like mellow and sweet immediately and warmed up to me right away and was snuggling real quick and uh yeah so i was just like yeah all right and her name is moose yes i named her moose Moose. yes what had they named her uh the shelter was just calling her lady and uh Which yeah, I could have done, but I, but she didn't seem to respond to that either. So I was like, all right, I'm going to call her something else. And I, uh, I, I, she had, she went like a day without a name and then I decided on Moose. Well, that is very <laughs> sweet. I'm very excited for you. And she's a, she's a pit mix, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't know anything really beyond that. She's seven years old. And, I have a sponsor uh, for you. Oh boy. We can talk later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I wasn't even, what am I thinking? um i think we should bring in our guest i think so she's sitting there patiently (laughs) all right very excited for our first official remote guest her name is atsuko okatsuka she is a stand-up comedian a writer an actor vulture said about her comedy it is quote a perfect no a pretty perfect distillation of the japanese american experience delivered as succinct observations in a cool calm collected manner um she has done uh tv writing she wrote for soft focus with jenna friedman and the eric andre show which i'm curious about because i just want to know how crazy that experience was um and she hosts let's go otsuko a woke japanese game show which i what had the pleasure of being a guest on at Sketchfest. it was super duper fun and it is coming to quibi quibi is short for quick bites that's my understanding um but who knows in this what's going on in this strange new world otsuko, hello welcome thank you for joining us yay thank you so much for having me that was such a beautiful thank you for reading off my entire bio like that wow you're well i feel like i don't feel like i i just i, I didn't read the whole thing but maybe i read most of it uh, yeah 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 there wasn't like oh she was born you know in, in, in a river or whatever found floating down a river um all that you know it wasn't like from beginnings but that that was and it was hard to sit through i don't know if it's like i have a hard time hearing like my own things maybe where i was mm. like oh what <laughs> what 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 does a pretty still distillation japanese american what does that even mean you know um <laughs> anyway what does it mean um, what do you think it means? I, 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 I don't really, I don't know. I am a Japanese American. And, and so some, sometimes I talk about it in my stand up. Maybe that's what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, Vulture. Thank you. Yes. Um, so I want to get into your background, how you came up with Let's Go Otsuko, all of that. But first, let's just address the um, pandemic in the room. Yeah. How are you feeling with all this craziness? How are you feeling? I know. So it's like your first remote show and forever. Mm. Yeah. I mean, hello from quarantine. I've been, (laughs) how am I doing? How am I doing? I started a live stream show. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my, my husband the other day called Idris Elba, Idris Elbow, like, (laughs) Ten times, like throughout the day, just did you? Can you believe Idris Elba has the virus? Can you believe Idris? I was like Elba, Elba. I was like, this is. I think this is gonna cause separations. You know, like yeah, fights with with whoever you're stuck with. You know, people are saying that like 
it, a lot of people made jokes about like, you know, in nine months there's going to be a baby boom. And then I've heard people say like, no, probably there's going to be a lot of separation. It's weird because I always love when Daniel, like under normal, in, in the old days, <laughs> under normal circumstances, mm-hmm. I always loved when Daniel would stay home from work. And mm-hmm. um, I'm fi- it's the, there's less, there's less levity about it all now. Right, right. No, of course. It's it's too real. It's so real yeah. where it's like uh, people might find their life partners out of this and it's just who you're quarantined with. That's your that's your partner. That's your person. <laughs> right. Start having so, sex. <laughs> I have been thinking lately. I feel I'm sort of happy that this happened when I am married with kids. Because I've been thinking about the different phases of my life and thinking, well, what would I do had I been, you know, it, if it had happened at that time or, if, or that time or that time? Um, I mean, I think maybe I would, at, at some point of being single, I probably would have just tried to get home to my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some single friends who have done that. Tony, I'm, how, like, are you seeing people at all? No, I, I mean, with the exception of the few times I've like run to the store, that's the only time I've really seen people, uh, you know, and go for walks and stuff. But yeah, I haven't seen friends since yeah. mm-hmm. I think, I think the last time I went out was, or no, I went, I went over to, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Mike Cassidy's house last weekend, which was like right as things were starting to get a little more serious. So right. I was like, well, I'm just going to his place. We're just going to hang out and like watch some movies and stuff. And then that's the last time I went out. Yeah. Whew. So it's, you, what uh, about you, Otsuko, have you seen anyone? I just saw the person who dropped off the thing. So someone dropped something off for me, a microphone. And, uh, you know, that was literally uh, before that I hadn't left the house in like seven days. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I haven't, we're we're trying to be careful. I have a grandmother I'm very close to and she's like, she lives 20 minutes away. So if, Mm -hmm. if we plan on, if we want to see her ever again, we have to be careful with like, right. Who we see. So, yeah, yeah. No. How about you, yeah. Allison? <laughs> no, I I have not. I was sick myself. Um I'm finally feeling a little bit better. So I, because of that, I was being like extra careful to not be around anyone. But no, I haven't been out. I haven't even gone on a walk or anything. I haven't felt up to going leaving the house, but now I do, but I don't know if I really will. I don't know. I'm really not making the most of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, okay, indefinite amount of time. We weren't prepped for this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, okay. Oh, besides the live stream, I'm now teaching online fitness dance classes. That is also where I'm at. Okay. You are. I joined TikTok. That's where I'm at. I forgot. Yeah. That I joined TikTok two days ago. So I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not well. So what's your live stream about? <laughs> My live stream? What do you do? So I'm doing Let's Go Otsko and I'm bringing on a person oh, cool. via FaceTime just to try to create some levity, try to put out some feel-good content to be like, see, look, you know, we're also going crazy. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's it's under the umbrella of the game show, except with less games because you can't you can't play a game by yourself. Like I, I can't bring on two guests at the same time. It's too chaotic. Anyway, this is all via FaceTime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, this is all tech talk and like technology talk, not TikTok. (laughs) I have a question though regarding your grandma because my dad is 86. Oh, yeah. And I am, um, I, like before it got really bad, I remember my husband saying to me, like, we can't see your dad for a while. And I said, I know. 
Um, what are you going? Have you seen her, your grandmother at all? Are you planning to? We saw her probably the same day Tony saw the mutual friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like that weekend uh, was when we saw her just to drop off a bottle of hand sanitizer that we had from a long time ago. And uh, yeah, that's it. And then we were like, let's just give each other like two weeks just to right. make sure. And right. then and then we'll try to see each because you want to see your f- family. Right. So, mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in this weird time. Yeah. I feel like also you have to think about quality of life. It's like stay at home, 86 year olds and seniors, you know, but it's like, what if, you know, and they are kind of, my grandma's like, I don't want my last days just staring at the wall. I know. Um, you know? And so, I mean, sorry to get dark, but so we're monitoring our movements. She's not leaving. So within like another week, you know, uh oh, is my, Internet. It says my internet connection is unstable. Am I still back? Am I here? Can you hear me? The video paused, but we're still hearing you. Okay. That's what matters, right? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you're back now. Okay. Um, yeah. The no, audio but- got weird for a second on my end too, yeah, but it's- same. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, how about now? We're back. Now every seems good now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So you were we we were talking about you were saying sorry to get dark, and I was saying it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that um, because that's the reality th- of things. You you still want to think about sure, like let's not die. That's the basic thing that we're trying not to do right now. But also think about like I just think about <laughs> depression. Right. I just think about depression and how depressed people are gonna get. You know, which is like, I'm alive, but now I'm depressed, you know. That- yeah. But um, anyway, so we plan on seeing right. her, seeing my grandma mm-hmm. in like a yeah, week. Yeah, that's why I got a new dog. <laughs> you got a dog. Yeah, you got your beautiful dog. You know, I'm so glad, too, that you now you have a quarantine partner. Let's go. Is depression something that you deal with under normal circumstances? Uh, depression is not something I deal with, but I get blue, but I know it's a thing that I have friends who suffer from depression. And so I'm just thinking about them at this time because you can't even get sunlight <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, it's just been right. weir- weirdly cloudy in LA too. Uh, yeah. it's just inconvenient, you know, where it's like, okay, sunlight, you're not going to be here either. Right. Right. And it's like, so it, it feels like you really are trapped inside your house as opposed to just trapped apart from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let, you know, so let's talk about the things we're getting good at, right? All this time on our hands. What are we getting good at? <laughs> I feel like if it's end times, aren't we all supposed to get like super lean and muscular and tough? And instead, like, I'm just getting puffier and puffier. Yeah, I'm de- we're all getting. I'm getting softer. Me too. I'm getting the freshman fifteen. The I'm getting the COVID nineteen fifteen. <laughs> uh, exactly. Just because I'm just like sitting on my butt, being like, "Well, you know, it's cloudy again today. Uh, right. I guess I'll fiddle with my thumbs, eat food, and live stream. You know, and <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, right. But it like thinking of like prison. Like what do, what do they do in prison? Right, you do push ups. Right. They work out in the yard. Yeah, you come out and of they, prison. Like, they, I think they read enough books to become their own lawyer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we yeah. need to do that. 
So Otsko, tell me, I, there's, I, I don't know that much about your background. Tell me where you were born, what your childhood was like, and how you came up with Let's Go Otsko. That was a bunch of questions all at once. No, yeah, totally. Um, but I, I, I got it. I, 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 I know exactly how I'm going to answer that. Um, Perfect. <laughs> well, so, so I'm from Japan and my parents met each other on a Japanese dating game show. And that's sort of why I wanted to give homage to that by creating my own version of a Japanese game show. Um, but that was, that was a really quick summary of where I'm from. And why, why I made that show right. that you were on, which you were so great on. And oh, uh, thank you. You came in a close, you came close second. Yeah. I to lost winning. to Beth Stelling. Yeah. Yeah. In a lying challenge, actually. <laughs> right. So really, who's the winner? Yeah. Um, that was so much fun. Okay. So your parents met on a Japanese game show. So for people who are not familiar with Japanese dating game shows, can you explain what they're like? Yeah, so this is also we're talking about the eighties, right? So uh, it was a little more, you know, it, the, this one that they were on was the men line up on one side and the women line up on the other side, and they all have like numbers on their chest, and the dudes just go number whatever, and they ask them a question, and the woman um, answered when they were talked to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was like the guy initiating, you know, 80s, mm-hmm. misogyny, whatever, uh, patriarchy. And uh, my mom got asked a question by my dad, and he liked the way she answered. And so they went on a date. It wasn't like you win. I think, well, it's kind of like you won if you were able to pair up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Bumble, but the other way, where the guy, you know, decides whether you talk or not. <laughs> and uh what the classic way <laughs> right <laughs> the original the way, way it was meant to be right 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 exactly and uh yeah so you know and then at the end they go to the they say woman do you agree on to go on this date and then woman goes yes or no and my mom said yes because do you know what the question was i don't know actually i should i think there were like a few questions mm-hmm. yeah so it was kind of like Okay, I got it. Um, but you were raised by your grandmother, right? I was raised by my grandma. Yeah. I joke that it's because my parents met on a Japanese dating game show. Because <laughs> that's, you know, already like red flags, red flags. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's because they got divorced and my mom actually also suffers uh, from schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, So my grandma has been was my caretaker. She takes care of my mom now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, so I was raised by, yeah, a woman, you know, 50 years older than me, which, yeah. I think, I think you could tell usually when like a grandparent raised someone, I feel like. How? Uh, Maybe a bit of an old soul that I don't mean to compliment myself, but you know, and end times. Why not? Some people. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Who else is going to? I mean, aside from Vulture. <laughs> yeah. It is pre- um, yeah. I feel like uh, they tend to be an old soul and kind of, you know, like perspective because they, there was that generation gap that they were raised with. So um, I feel like they tend to be a little more patient people who are raised by their grandma. It's. I feel like it's usually like a grandma. Mm-hmm. Rarely is it. Like my grandpa raised me. I don't know why. Maybe because men died 
earlier back then. Right. <laughs> I mean, not just whatever. I'm just being frank now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. So your grandma raised you and also took care and of your mother and still takes care of her. So were you, was your mother living with you guys? Yeah. So my, my mother lived with us. Um, we, my mom and grandma and I came to the States together. Uh, we came on a vacation, like a two month vacation. Um, and, uh, it was my grandmother's plan, but then we overstayed our visa. We were undocumented (laughs) and we lived in my uncle's garage for seven years in hiding. Um, and, uh, yeah, my mom was there the whole time, but it was my grandma, like figuring out the Mm -hmm. green card situation, you know, cooking for us, making sure I went to school, you know, whatever, riding on the bus with me, babysitting for extra cash. It was, it was all her. And my mom was kind of, you know, there, you know, the whole time. What, um, where, where was this garage? In West Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. The beautiful city of West Los Angeles. Yeah. My, my uncle just happened, you know, came here first to the States and he settled there. So he was like, I have a garage. How old were you when you came here? I came to the States when I was 10. Yeah. What was that adjustment like? Well, the adjustment was intense because at the same time I was, you know, figuring out that we were going to be here for a long time, not two months, uh, <laughs> which is a shock because I was like, right. I wasn't told that we, she had this ulterior motive. Right. And, uh, at the same time, learning the language for the first time, the culture for the first time. Also, growing up in LA, I was like exposed to like the Latin community for the first time. So I was like learning Spanish slang at the same, mm-hmm. you know, learning um, like multiple cultures at the same time. Uh, you know, what's uh, and and my stomach was wrecked for like a year, like or two, because I was eating like ranch dressing, like cheese. This was all new, you know? Um, can you hear me? My internet said, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Yeah. No. So it was, um, yes. it was intense. Like physically I was like in pain all the time. Cause I was just like, what just, you know, t- t- pizza, t- ranch dressing, wings, hot sauce, hot Cheetos. I was like, Oh my, what is this attack on my body? You know, um, <laughs> as a 10 year old, you know, coming from Japan, like Japanese food is pretty simple for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's not like super spicy or creamy, none of that. So, right. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of physical, emotional change. And then were you, were you sad to leave your dad or had he not been part of your life really? Yeah, I was, yeah, I didn't get to say a proper goodbye to him, you know, cause it was more like I'm coming back in two months. And I never asked him if he knew that I was leaving actually forever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he was trying to keep his composure about it. Um, uh, but we had like one last day where we hung out before we went to the airport. Um, mm-hmm. I, I missed him so much. I, you know, but the thing about being undocumented is you can't leave if you want to come back in. Right. So we were stuck here. So you said that. Wait, back up. Different question. Why did your grandmother want to relocate? I think at the time, there was a lot of things happening 
with my mom's mental illness, it was really bad. She it was like um, the psychosis, the hallucinations were really bad in Japan. Um, she was getting suicidal. It just got to a low point where my grandma was like, I think we just, maybe it's the environment. Hopefully it's just the environment. She's very lonely here in Japan. She has no friends. Um, you know, and let's just go to the place everyone says you're supposed to go, you know? Right. And I, I feel like she just, I feel like it's just from watching West Side Story one time. I don't know how she, what, <laughs> I don't know where she got that idea that it's like, let's go to the place everyone says you're supposed to go. Who, who said that? What? <laughs> Who said to leave Tokyo <laughs> yeah. to be undocumented in a garage? In <laughs> Who said that? To- Hello, Tokyo. Like, we have healthcare here. People get- have jobs. You know, nobody's starving in Tokyo. People people make movies about Tokyo, wanting to go to Tokyo. You know, here we are leaving. <laughs> Tokyo is amazing. That's one of my favorite places ever. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We'll see when we'll get to travel again speaking of you know mm-hmm. all of us <laughs> but- tony isn't tokyo where you wear a, a robe <laughs> <laughs> so uh, isn't that am i right uh well it was in i don't specifically remember what city but some somewhere in japan it may maybe multiple cities i don't remember Oh, <laughs> I don't know how this came up. But somehow it came out that Tony does not ever wear a bathrobe except when he's in Japan. Ooh. Hence, we were looking for a nickname for him. And so for a little while, his nickname was No Robe. Some people who listen still call him that. <laughs> this is this is what this reference is that I've made us take this big detour. Wow. To all collectively remember that's um, that's very i mean that's telling of tokyo that tokyo brings that out of you you know the yeah. the, the thing that you swear you would never do my god who <laughs> are you i who didn't are you? swear i would never do it it would just you know it was just a thing i never really did but then you know they give you yeah. a, well and then also not really a bathrobe i don't think but the uh, uh what would be the ter- the term from the it's not. It's because it's not a kimono either. Just the the ro- the robes they always have in the rooms in Japan. Right, right. Yeah. For bathing and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So Japanese shorty robe. Yeah. Is that considered just a bathrobe then? I'm, that's how dumb I am. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's a it's a robe. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a robe. You're wearing a robe. No robe, Tony. <laughs> wearing a robe. Sorry to tell you, but that is definitely a robe. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Japan brings out a lot of different things in a lot of people. That's, that's what we've discovered throughout the years. You know, at least that's what people tell me, you know, according to every interaction I've ever had, everyone has a friend who just got back from Tokyo. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I know, I know I'm the keeper of that knowledge. You know, I know it's changed (laughs) lives anyway. I've never been, I feel like I need to go. Yeah, yeah. Tickets who, are. Who knows what'll happen? Hey, tickets are really cheap right now, <laughs> huh? Tickets. I I feel like you can I, get like a four for one deal right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you came here. You're all living in a garage. I take it it was not. Like, how did it? How did it affect your mom's mental state? Oh God! Like looking back on it now, at the was time, it the uh, cure all. <laughs> No, no. I feel like it was just a bad, her, she just needed her medication to be updated, honestly, you know, but like in, it's a, it's a, it's the same with a lot of cultures. Not all cultures like really believe in like mental, you know, there was mental health, the stigma, 
right? Of like, mm-hmm. if you're depressed, oh God, you're just sad or stop. You're just being yeah, weird. Yeah, just walk it off. Yeah, yeah. There was that. So it was like not wanting to believe that it was the medicine and the, you know. Right. Uh, and so it's like, oh, we just pick up and leave. We just mm-hmm. fix the surroundings. That's all. But it, there right. was more that needed to happen. And so, of course, so my mom didn't get better. You know, our situation was actually more dire. So it was more stress on a person right. who already hallucinates on the daily and gets seizures too. And so, yeah, it just, it got worse. And then I, you know, it affected me too. You know, I didn't know wow. at the time, but looking back, I'm like, oh, you know, I was failing all my classes. You know, I started doing poorly in school and I just couldn't figure it out because I was like, I, I had, I came from a place with great education, you know, how come I can't keep up, you know? Um, so anyway, that's, and then, and then I started doing comedy. That's my life story. (laughs) (laughs) When did you, when, when were you first, first drawn to comedy? I, you know, it was in, I, you know, I, I always liked making people laugh. Um, in Japan, stand-up comedy is very different. It's, uh, you have to go to a school. Like all comedians in Japan have to go to this one school in Tokyo. And you have to go through a rigorous program of there's different, uh, classes you have to pass to even make it on TV. Um, wow. yeah, all the comedians, every comedian you've heard of has it, out of Japan has gone to this school. Um, which is so crazy that like you have to graduate this program to even be considered a comedian. Um, it's so Japanese of them actually, <laughs> right? It's very Japanese. Um, so it's like, okay, uh, for, you have to study slapstick for a year, you know, you have to study, um, wordplay for a year. It's like that. It's crazy. Um, and so it's not really a thing you can dream of being in mm-hmm. Japan. Like, oh, I'm just going to be a stand-up comedian. No, like you kind of also have to have the look. You have to be chosen by an agency. And then you have to go through this program and see if you graduate, right? But here it's like anyone, I mean, whether it's a good or bad thing, anyone can just go, I'm a comedian now. I just yeah. wake up. I am the next Jerry Seinfeld, whatever, like, you know, um, that is the thing about here. You go to open mics, you can start getting booked on shows. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. So of course for me, it was Margaret Cho. I saw, I saw a DVD of hers. Uh, someone passed it to me at church. Um, when I was still living in that garage, they're like, this is, this is good, you know? (laughs) And, uh, I went home and, uh, watched it. And I was like, what? Like, this is a job you can do here. She didn't have to do a weird school program, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. someone who looked like me. And yeah. I was like, what? Just literally just like, that's, it's just her on the stage with Mike. That's it. And just making people laugh story after story after bits. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. So that's when like, like in the sixth grade or something. That's when I was like, oh, maybe there's some kind of pathway. Or that's when the dream started forming, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You said that to be a comedian in Japan, you had to have the right quote unquote look. What is the right look? So it's like you have to have like a Chris Farley type, right? Oh, we already have that. Melissa McCarthy type. We have that, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now we need like a tall, lanky, scrawny person. So that mm. we could do like, you know, um, do you remember like Laurel and Hardy? 
they yeah. were a comedic duo, right? Like, yeah. so it's like thinking about like physicality, right? There was, yeah, it sounds like it's very much about appearance. Well, yeah, yeah that would make sense that the look would be about appearance, but yeah, yeah. Right, right. To even do like the jokes, like, you know, so one person would be the butt of the joke, the other person's mm-hmm. like the, the, uh, you know, the person that's always abusive or something, you know. Right. Yeah, it's kind of an old school way of looking at comedy, but, um. Do you, do you find the comedians that come out of that, um, school and that way of thinking to be funny? No. You know, like, I don't mean to sound like a big naysayer of like, like where I come from, but, uh, you know, Japan tried to do an SNL, right? So S- they try to do SNL Japan and it mm-hmm. didn't work. It didn't work because it's so formulaic the way they were trained to mm-hmm. the point. And it's also very like they try to keep it all lighthearted and it is more slapsticky. Even the wordplay stuff is slapsticky. Uh, I feel like. And, and so they never talk about like politics, right? Japanese comedians don't talk about politics. It's, it's more like you offended me. No, you offended me. Now I throw you out the window. Ha ha ha. Right. (laughs) Can you believe the skinny guy threw the bigger guy out the window? You know, it's more like that. And you can't have SNL without talking about current topics, what's happening, even being daring to make fun of the government. You know what I mean? Like that's what comedy is. Mm-hmm. Talking about literally what's happening, you have to update with the times. Um, and so I think that's why it, it didn't work. And I think, yeah. So for me, I don't, I don't think it's super funny either because, you know, I, it's, um, it's not super genuine if you're trying to avoid talking about certain things. Right. Yeah. Right. So around sixth grade, you got the inspiration to, pers- to, to, you had the dream to do comedy. And then how did you uh, make that a reality? It took a long time because I was still like, well, I still need to get a job. I still need to, uh, I need to try to be a normal person in society. So I'm going to go to school, of course, and for psychology, of course, and comedy will be a hobby. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing that for a long time. Where I was like, comedy's a hobby. I do it on the side. If it works out, that'd be great. Um, so yeah, I went to like, yeah, I, I went to undergrad. I dropped out because mm-hmm. again, life was like, hello, you're not good at academics. <laughs> and I was like, but I want to be, I wanted to, I was fighting myself a lot with like what my, my real dream was and what, you know, I was me trying to be practical and try to fit in, you know, um, with like the norm, which is just to get, just to get a degree, get a job. Um, yeah. And so God, it took a, it took another while until like 20, when I was 20, that's when I started. Were you leaning? did, Did you have an interest in psychology because of your mom? I think that would make sense to say yes to, (laughs) (laughs) I want to say yes. I think so actually, but also it's like, Choosing psychology, I, I wonder if that's like just the undeclared for all undergrads, <laughs> you know, like, what are you interested in people? <laughs> I, right. You know, I, I also didn't know what else I would be good at, mm-hmm. not, not math or regular science. So I was like, I, I, I like people, I guess that's what I study. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Click, you know, and I clicked it because we applied to schools online at that time. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for sure, you know, wanting to figure out my mom, you know, I had also gone through a thing 
where they were calling it a mental illness. So, yeah. What happened? Well, so I, I, you know, I just, um, I developed an eating disorder. I think, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you think, but people call it a mental illness too. Yeah. Um, do I think that? At the time they were, sure. you know, therapists, because I was trying to figure out how to control it or how to, you know, I, I was trying to seek help after like a few years of doing it. And I was like, okay, I need to get out of this. <clears throat> so they were like, okay, let's, uh, you know, it's, it's a mental illness, you know, because you need the, uh, it's, it's, it's hard for you to kick, you know, it's like mm-hmm. an addiction, you know, and so. Right. A compulsion. Yeah. A compulsion. Yeah. I guess a lot of things can be seen as you know, a mental health issue. Right. I think it, yeah, it is a mental health issue. So did you see, so so you got treatment for it? Yeah, I tried to, sorry. I, uh, I'm a smoker. (laughs) So anyway, sorry. Um, I'm not coughing because I have the thing, you know, it's just, I um, love that you're, (laughs) I'm so nervous. Don't be nervous in this day and age. It's more reassuring to let us know that you smoke. <laughs> right. Than that you might be That that's what I meant by I'm nervous. Like I was nervous to cough, so I was like holding it cuz I was like oh, I don't, yeah, I don't let it out. I don't want everyone to be like, "Oh my god, and there she is, dead." You know, I didn't I know. want people to just jump to that <clears throat> uh it's just like uh, you know, I I stayed up and partied because I was just like, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I do know what tomorrow looks like. I'm supposed to talk to Allison. Uh but um <laughs> I know what you mean. So I just like, yeah, smoked and drank. Um, anyway, anyhow, uh, you, you were saying, uh, yes, mental, it, mental yes, health you related. You, you got treatment for your eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. It was just via therapy. I don't actually know how much of, how much help that was. Um, yeah. Like at the time I was like going to church. So it was like a Christian therapist. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like reading scripture for bulimia. It was very difficult for me to, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is working for me. Right. There's just so much scripture too. That's like about food that I'm just like, this is triggering. <laughs> Do, I'm sorry. I laughed at that. I don't no, know, I I mean, don't know if I was supposed to. No, no, no. It's uh yeah, please laugh. Cause now I can, you know, I'm now I'm laughing at it. Cause it is just like, there are like, if you take the time to go back to read the Bible, it's a lot of like people being I hungry. might have the time. <laughs> We all have the time. Yeah. How dare I ask? But you know, I didn't, I didn't want to assume. I didn't want to assume there are people who are like, God, I, I'm so busy right now. Like I've never been busiest, you know, I'm, I'm just booking gigs left and right. I'm like, what gigs, what, what, what things are going in production? What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, um, no, but the the Bible is pretty much people are hungry. God provided them a a shit ton of food. It's a lot of stories like that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was kind of triggering at the time where I was starving myself. And then, so I, you know, and then suddenly I was binge eating and trying to throw up. Right. With scriptures being like, and then Jesus made 500 loaves. I'm like, I don't want to read that right now. (laughs) Where, so is this some is this something that still uh, affects you at all? Where are you with it now? Where are you with body image and that kind of stuff? Yeah, with uh, body image, you know, like I think that's why I kind of like keeping busy because I uh, 
I, I needed a routine. I needed that. That's where I put my control now. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, routine. Today I do this. And I get really stoked. Being organized, more organized as part of adulting has really helped. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as conversations, you know, broaden and, uh, people just converse more about body image and self-esteem, right? right? And so that's super helpful because at the time, I wish I had Twitter being like, you know, like body positivity, you know, self-love and stuff like that. It just feels very alone, right? If it's just like you cooped up in that garage and then being like, I'm not going to eat for the rest of the night. And then you go to school and you have no energy. Nobody else knows you're going through it. But now, you know, like I would have loved to read like a blog about like a, you know, Twitter, even like a Twitter thread, you know, someone be like, I'm going through this right now, mm-hmm. you know, and I can be like, yes, tweet back. Hi. Yeah, me too. And other people would chime in me, me three. It's very common, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, n- yeah, now like I with the support of like community and you know, and different movements about body positivity and me being more organized, um, and like practicing self-love. Like, I feel like the, it's, I'm, I'm way better. There's no, yeah, I, I rarely fall back to the habit. I don't, I haven't in years actually. Good. Yeah. That was a long um, way to say it. Yeah. No, that was a perfect way to say it. <laughs> you know what else is perfect? Yeah. Amazing segue alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. Ooh, what else perfect. is perfect? Rothy's shoes. Are you familiar with them? They're great. They're, uh, Rothy's is a company that is making stylish, sustainable shoes and bags made for a life on the go. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Now, when I heard that these are shoes made out of water bottles, I thought, I don't want crunchy plastic shoes. But then I felt them and wore them. They're super soft. It's like super soft, durable fabric. It is crazy. Um, They are... They have over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. People become very like passionate and addicted in a good way to their Rothy's, and they have an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, uh, and they launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. So you're going to try them, you're going to love them, and then you're, if you go online, you'll see that you, need, you have to get that one, and then that one, and then you, you've got a whole Rothy's collection, and it's perfect, because then you're comfortable all the time. Um, there's zero break-in period with them, which is, uh, that's very unique. They're known as, well, one Yahoo editor called them, quote, the most comfortable flats I've ever owned. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash Allison. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Allison. Comfort, style, and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash Allison today. Okay. Uh, let's take so i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen you're on patreon too aren't you i am i am yes let us know your patreon uh, url okay like currently like now do it now yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm at patreon.com slash let's go let's go perfect well, I'm on patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Um, and, uh, uh, people can submit questions for my guests there. And we have a few questions and we have a little song that we play. Tony. When we ask. 
All right. Stephen Blackwood says, you may not want to touch on this topic. Oh, I will. I will touch on it. <laughs> Has she personally encountered any racism in lieu of the COVID-19 pandemic? There are other media figures encountering this, whether or not they are Chinese. I know she's Japanese. That was very kind. You have very kind guests. I do. You know, just being like, hold I know she's Japanese, you know, just, oh, wait, wait, I know she's not Chinese, but yeah, but you know, we, we all are in these times. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a face you're, you and you don't have time to, you know, assess. We're all Chinese in these times. Um, I actually haven't uh, encountered any of that actually, but also I haven't left the house. When you don't right. leave the house, you don't encounter any problems. <laughs> That's why I've been at home. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, online, online, sure. Online, actually, I posted a video of me uh, twerking. I do that sometimes with my grandma uh, and me twerking, and my grandma being the best cheerleader, the best hype woman in the back, going woo 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 <laughs> while I'm twerking and. Um, and the comments there were, yeah, just this is how the coronavirus started. Or oh, some of them were, I was like, it was so unexpected that I, I just, I, I, I laughed, you know, uh-huh. like, this is how the coronavirus started. I kind of took that as a compliment because I was like, ooh, that means like, you know, like it was such a powerful thing that you, you felt watching that you were mm-hmm. like, this is the only way such a pandemic could start, you know, or it could have been a racist comment. Who knows? Um, <laughs> um, right. so yeah, there were, there were things there where it was like, Oh, coronavirus. Why aren't they wearing masks? You know, they're the ones that spread it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but not in person, not in person. Seth Eisenberg says, I'm in awe of your fluency of Japanese and Mandarin. Are Japanese variety shows as unfunny as they seem? Where would you suggest finding quality Japanese comedy? Oh, yeah. Japanese qu- comedy. Um, have you seen Terror's House? <laughs> no, I have not. Terror's House is like the Japanese version of... Um, Terror's House is the Japanese version of uh, Real World, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or it's also... Yeah, it's like... It's the real world. But it's Japanese, so it's, it's a real world, but more polite you know, where people don't have sex with each other. They literally like giggle from like six feet away and they're <laughs> like, I think you're cute and that's it. You know, um, it's very tame, but it's so tame and it's so sincere that it's, it's hilarious. Um, yeah. Cause it's just like watching, it's, it's watching like sexless people being like, and no, no, you take the last apple. No, you take the last apple. Um, and for like 20 minutes and you're like, okay, wow, God, just fuck already, but they won't. Um, I think the tension's so much there that it's almost becomes comedy. And mm-hmm. it's the only comedy that I can recommend to you. And it's not even considered one. It's, it's so, Yeah. So tell me about um, doing Let's Go Otsuko for Quibi. Yeah. So Let's Go Otsuko for Quibi is still happening. (laughs) It's still happening. We'll see how long, you know, this pandemic lasts. But, you know, we're talking about, which is cool. Even with like productions, people are trying to figure out ways to still 
try to give content to people. Um, you know, there's talk of just filming it without an audience, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, shorter form, like the version of the show you did is a full live show, an hour and a half. Um, for the Quibi version, it would be just like six to eight minute episodes. So it's a truncated version of the live mm-hmm. show. Um, two contestants, we're using real life contestants this time. Um, so we can make it, uh, ca- cast a wider net, you know? I, right. I want to have all kinds of people play um, the and be contestants, you know? I want firefighters, you know? That's that's for me, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, librarians. You know what I mean. So it's not all like inside jokes with like people in the industry necessarily. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's two contestants and then two challenges that they'll go through. I was really impressed with how well the whole show was put together and written and let's explain it for listeners a little bit so it's like the show i was on there's three comedians it's kind of like a a send-up of a japanese game show would you say right a send-up is yeah would you say or uh yeah, or it's inspired. It's, we use the right. homage, but yeah, 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 yeah. Send up. Yeah, sorry, I never heard those words before. Oh, I mean, yeah. put together as a. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, it's similar to like a parody. Love it. Or a spoof. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a spoof of a Japanese game show, and there are these crazy challenges that are inspired by answers that you've given prior to the show about things that you're nervous about or things that you like. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really creative, really well done. And then there's also like a lot of people involved. How many, how many performers <laughs> are involved in the show? Yeah. So there are six performers, like improvisers, character actors who, who help like facilitate the games. It's kind of like a sketch show disguised as a game show, right? So I, I really love, you know, comedians and I love tailoring to comedians. I love, I want the comedians or the contestants to feel like they're very much part of the show, not things happening to them, which is a lot of, which is what Japanese game shows usually are. It's Uh like, why are things happening to me? You know, (laughs) I have slime on my head. I'm slipping and sliding. I didn't want to create a show like that. I wanted it to be like the, we, uh, the contestants get to joke around. They get to have the games tailored to them, like you said. And so, so the whole premise of the show is before the show, we ask the contestants three facts about them, right? Something they love, something they fear, and something they desire. And these three facts are used against them throughout the show. <laughs> and uh, so it's three challenges. And it's really just kind of like the challenges satirize current events, things that are in the zeitgeist that people are talking about. Um, so it's it's really fun because... There's really no way of winning <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the questions and challenges are like, you know, kind of absurd with like what's deemed correct and not. And that's kind mm-hmm. of why I, I called it a woke quote unquote Japanese game show because it's like, <clears throat> you know, how do you be correct in these times? What does it mean? And who decides that? And it's like mm-hmm. my ass, you know, it's a fucking Atsuko. Why is Atsuko the... You know, the arbiter. <laughs> yeah, the arbiter. And it's just like, um, so like, it's, it's all absurd. You know, we're all trying our best is kind of like, kind of the theme of the show, right? When is it okay to, you know, uh, 
Oh, right. I f- yes. I forgot about those questions. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's weird trivia questions. And when is it right. okay? Like, when is it okay to tell a woman to smile was one of the questions, right? Right, right, right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when is it okay to tell someone to smile? And yeah. one, of, one of the answers was like, if it's a woman, you know, <laughs> or if, if you're vitamin C and you're singing that song, put a smile on your face, right? <laughs> what you gonna do? Say what you gonna I, I forget what the correct answer was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it was not either of those two. And no. it's, it's so tricky and it's so weird and you talk it out and we all have fun and that, that's why I like it, you know? Um, a show like that that's like so uh, intricate and fully formed, did it – how did it start? Like was there an evolution to get to that point? Were there other versions of it that – with things that, you know, dropped out? Or did it start out perfect? It did not start out perfect. Yeah, at first it was more like like a panel show where where we would um, – just kind of look at Japanese inventions and then it was still comedians. So Mm -hmm. people riffing on like, Oh, what is this trying to figure out Japanese inventions or, uh, regular trivia. Um, and just like more fun interview style. Like, so it's evolved a lot where we have a structure like that. And you know, now someone even gets kicked off. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's a winner. We didn't always have that, but I was like, wait, you need a winner in a game show. (laughs) So Yeah. That's the only reason why, you know, Beth won, Allison. But in a different world, you w- would have won too. Thank you. The whole reason I wanted to have you on the show again was because I wanted to plead my case. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very upset. Um, so it was so nice having you on the show and getting to know you. I do wish we could have done this in person, but crazy times. I know. Thank you so much for having me even amidst these crazy times. And Tony, I'm so glad you have a little puppers during these times. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, this is like being in Tokyo, you know, like we're nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Wear a robe, you know, <laughs> that, that's my last words to you. I dare to wear a robe in these times. Dare, dare to wear a robe. No robe. Atsuko, tell everyone um, where they can find you and your show, please. I'm at Atsuko Comedy. Otsuko spelled, I was going to say comedy spelled, and it's like, if you don't know how to spell comedy, I cannot help you. Um, A-T-S-U-K-O, and uh, my show is at Let's Go Otsuko, and that's where you'll find, you know, any future shows that we might have live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How often do you do them? You do it monthly, right? Yeah. So we don't, we didn't have one this month, and we won't have one next month. So we'll see. That's, you know. But the weekly podcast is still coming out. So let's go out to the weekly podcast. You can hear that still. Good. Yeah. And follow me on Instagram. Well, no, Tony, what about you? Uh, I am at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't posted any pictures of the dog yet. So that'll happen soon. Uh, and uh, my podcast, Bizarre Albums, like, yeah, that's still going because uh, – that's the the one positive, I guess, of doing a show that doesn't have guests. So that's easy <laughs> for me to keep churning out. So, yeah, that's it. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Rosen. If you like what you're hearing, download, subscribe, tell a friend, keep those five-star reviews coming, please. It helps out the show so much. Listen to my podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons called Childish. Um, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm also on Cameo. And... Um, mm, mm, 
uh, these are crazy times and weird, weird, surreal times we're living in. But my podcast is not going anywhere, and I'm here, you guys. Um, thank you again for being on the show. Everyone. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.